So when we meet Jesus and we declare that He is the Son of God, immediately you become a son or a daughter. Immediately your identity is given to you. That we are loved and that we are grounded and rooted in His love and we know that we're His kids, then all of a sudden we get to understand what we're made for, what our purpose is, which is where inheritance really begins. Intimacy says God chose you and He loves you. Jesus Christ died for you because God loves you that much that He wants relationship with you. You can't perform it. You can't earn it. You have to receive it. So we have been walking through the book of Hebrews for the last six weeks. And um, this is one of those series that I really believe has been eye-opening, but also very invitational for us. And we have been deepening our understanding as we've been walking through this book together. And I know for me, I have really been digging in and learning a lot more than I ever knew was in the book of Hebrews. And I hope that that is the same for you. Um, I've been hearing the Holy Spirit speak to me through these words, and it really has been doing something deep in me. And I have been hearing from others that people are, are digging in and that the same is happening for them. And so I have loved this series. Um, I can't believe that we're six weeks in. We do have another six weeks to go. Um, and I feel like there's just been so much that's been revealed to all of us and opened up. Um, to us, but if you have not caught up on where we are, or if you're like, what the heck are you talking about? We're in the book of Hebrews for 12, 13 weeks, I believe. And um, so you can go to lwrv slash podcast and you can get caught up because David, Ryan, and I have been teaching through this series. And I really believe that all of us need to hear what's been taught. I believe that it is, um, there's just something really, I mean, I believe that about every message, okay? But there is something about us as Christians walking in that new covenant that is available to us that we have as soon as we accept Jesus into our life that we need to understand and walk out in our life. So last week, Ryan closed out four. And so this week, we are gonna go into five and six. And what we know about the book of Hebrews is it was a letter that was written. We're not sure who the author of this letter was, but it was written to the Jewish converts of the faith of the gospel. And it was probably for the church of Jerusalem. And it was meant to show the end of the age, which we read about in there all the time in Hebrews, the end of the age, which was actually the end of the Mosaic covenant. And it was um, to call all believers to remain true to the gospel, which is Jesus. And so Jesus's death on the cross had ended the old covenant, the old way of living by the law. And so then we talked, we've been talking for a while about the veil being split from the head to the, from the top to the bottom and where we then entered into a new covenant because what Jesus did on the cross for us. And that new covenant is a better covenant with better promises for us. So Hebrews, it's all about Jesus and recognizing that there is this new covenant. And so it's laying out, this, this book of Hebrews is laying out the truth in this letter to these Jewish converts of the gospel. And it's saying, hey, I know you know this old covenant. You've been living by this old covenant for so long. So have all of your relatives, all of your ancestors. But we're saying, don't go back to that. 
Let's not mix covenants. We are called to live in the new covenant, in the better covenant, which is Jesus, which is a face-to-face relationship with Jesus. We no longer have to go to a priest and have him go into the presence of God. We get to receive the presence of God in our lives as soon as we say yes to Jesus, and we have this amazing, immediate relationship with him. So like I said before, if you have not caught up on where we are, please go back and listen to those messages because um, I believe where we're going, you're gonna need to know what we're talking about as we keep going in this series. So today we're gonna start in Hebrews 5, and then we're just gonna go from there. So Hebrews 5, 1, you guys can follow me on the screen. It says, every high priest you see is chosen from among human beings and is placed before God on their behalf so that he can offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to sympathize with people who do not know very much or who wander off in different directions since he too has his own share of weaknesses. That's why he has to offer sacrifices in relation to his own sins as well as those of the people. Nobody takes the office of priesthood on himself You have to be called by God just as Aaron was. In the same way, the Messiah didn't exalt himself so that he might become the high priest. It came about through the one who said to him, you are my son, today I've become your father. And he says in another passage, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So verse seven, during the time of Jesus's earth earthly life, he offered up prayers and supplications with loud shouts and tears to the one who is able to save him from death. He was heard because of his devotion. And although he was the son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And when he had made complete and perfect, when he, when he had been made complete and perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, since he had been designated by God as the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So we're gonna stop there for a minute. So what we're seeing is the author of Hebrews, the one that wrote the letter, he is saying every priest is appointed by God. So they know this in the old covenant. They understand this. This is how it's been going for many years. But he's also saying um, this is what happened for Jesus as well. God appointed Jesus himself. So Jesus didn't come into the world as the son of God and say, well, I'm automatically the high priest, so everybody, I rule and reign, and this is how it goes. See, Jesus came into the world as a baby. He grew up in the world, and along the way, God taught him things, and God appointed him to be the high priest forever. It says in verse seven, he offered up prayers and supplications with loud shouts and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, He was heard because of his devotion. Although he was the son of son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. See, Jesus understood what it was to struggle in this world. Jesus understood what it was to go before God and say, can you save me from this? Like, what is your will? Because I will do your will, but save me from this. Death is in front of me, I get that. But I'm asking you to save me. He understood what we walk through on a daily basis because he walked it himself. And it says in Mark 14 that he, Jesus, took Peter, James, and John with him 
and became quite overcome and deeply distressed. My soul is disturbed within me, he said, right to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. He went a little further, fell on the ground and prayed that if possible, that moment might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me, but not what I want, but what you want. See, Jesus wasn't just appointed high priest because he was the son of God and put into a position to rule and reign on this earth. What he did was he walked out life like we do and he understood the struggles that we have. And he is a personal God that knows what you're walking through every single day because he has done this himself. And uh, I was reading this book on Hebrews and it was talking about um, if a businessman were to um, be retiring and he's gonna give his son the business. He's not just gonna put his son in the, the highest position and rule the, the business and run the business without knowing all the steps of how the business works and what they do to get there. See, so a good businessman is going to put his son in the lowest position. And he's gonna say, now you work here and you understand this. Okay, now you work here and you're gonna understand this. And he's gonna teach him the ways. And that's what happened with Jesus. He came into this world as a baby. He came and he saw what it was like to be a child and grow up for 33 years. And so Jesus was sent by God to this earth and along his journey here on earth, he walked out what we walked. And he learned along the way things that we walk every day. And then God had him die on the cross and he made him a high priest to rule and reign forever. That's a pretty great God that can understand us. So if there was any question to those that were reading this letter, the author of this letter wanted them to make sure that they knew who Jesus was and how he received that priesthood. And then this is where we're gonna land today is, the, um, is Hebrews 5, starting in verse 11. It says, we have plenty to say about all of this, but it may be hard to make it clear because your capacity to take things in has, um, has become sluggish. Yeah, he's kind of insulting them right there. Yes, by now you really should have become teachers, but you need someone to teach you the basic uh, elementary beginnings of God's oracles. You need milk, not solid food. Everyone who drinks milk, you see, is unskilled in the word of God's justice. Such people are just babies. Mature people need solid food. And by mature, I mean those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. So this writer, he's very bold and he's very to the point. I like this kind of guy. This is kind of how I talk. Like, let's just get past all of the, what we see and, and be nice about it. Let's just get right to the point. Like you have become sluggish. You are not paying attention. What's going on with you and why are you here? And um, he's basically bringing before them and, uh, this before them and saying, listen, I know that you have a lot of information coming your way. I know that you understand the old covenant very well. You've lived this, but you now are needing to learn about the new covenant and walk this out because this is the covenant that we are in. And so by now, what you have learned, you should be a lot farther along in this than you are, but you're still 
drinking the milk instead of eating the solid food, that you've been taught a lot to this point. You have walked with Jesus even. You should know more by now, but you aren't walking this out. And the writer of Hebrews, he isn't being a jerk. This isn't him like just, you know, I told you so. He's really, what he knows is he has walked this out himself and he is eating that solid food and his relationship with the Lord is very mature and he knows the goodness in that. And he's saying, why are you not there? What's going on with you? And I was uh, reading a book um, by N.T. Wright and he was describing, uh, if you're a teacher, you would understand this, where uh, a classroom of kids, maybe they've been sitting in a classroom all day. And and you can relate to this, I'm I'm sure too, but you've been sitting in the classroom all day and like by the end of the day, your eyes are just glazed over. You're like, I cannot take in any any more information. It's kind of how they were. And he's saying, get over that. Start paying attention. Like enough's enough. You not knowing more than what you know right now is not okay. We need to keep walking. We need to keep digging into this relationship with the Lord. So how many of us, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want you to think about your life. How many of us can think about where you are right now and relate to where these readers are? where you can relate that you've been pretty settled of where you are in your relationship with the Lord. You're good. Like, you know the basics. You accepted Jesus. You might have read the Bible a little, but you're totally comfortable in this place. See, I think that we have more of us that way than we do those that are really digging in. And these people that they're talking to, See, they're good with what they know and they don't wanna really take any more responsibility to learn more. And they have kind of just stopped growing. And you know, it's one thing to be a new believer and to um, be learning the basics. It's one thing to understand like, okay, I have just come to know Jesus. But then there's those of us who have been walking with the Lord for a really long time. And this is a challenge, this is a, uh, an invitation, not something out of judgment, but for you just to look at your own self and say, where am I? What does my relationship with the Lord look like? Because am I just good with the basics and not really digging into my relationship with the Lord? Do I know Him really well or do I just kind of know Him? You know, I remember when I was a youth pastor, um, I had... Honestly, I didn't think I was gonna become a youth pastor. I went to camp uh, with some kids because they didn't have anybody to go and I loved camp. And so um, they, they sent me to camp and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I got back and my pastor pulled me in his office and he said, we don't have anybody to lead our youth. So you're it, you're the youth pastor on your way. And I was like, so what does that mean? Like, what do you do? And he handed me some books. No, no joke. And it wasn't, he was, you know, he just, he was running a whole church. And so he's like, here, read these books. And I'm like, okay. So I just started reading books over, I mean, all these books, any book I can get my hand on about youth ministry, I was reading because I had no clue of what I was doing. And um, so I had a, a small youth group. I think there was three, five kids. I don't know, something like that. And it slowly started growing. But I remember um, I was teaching in Sunday school one morning. And there was this kid, I had actually known him his whole life. So he was very comfortable to tell me whatever it is that was on his mind. 
And so he got done with Sunday school and he pulled me aside and he's like, Kim? I was like, yes. And he goes, can you stop teaching us just what the book says? And I was like, what? And he's like, we don't care what the book says. We've been taught that our whole lives. What we wanna know is what's God saying to you? And what does this look like? And how do we live this out? And I was like, what? Like, ah, that's what I'm supposed to do? You know, like I, I was just, I was doing what the book said to do. But in that moment, I was so challenged in my relationship with the Lord to dig in and to say, okay, God, what are you doing? And what are you talking to me about? And what do you have for these kids? And how do I teach this? Instead of just going with the basics that they had learned their whole life, they wanted the more. And I had the opportunity to teach that. But I had to dig in myself. It was kind of like that when the writer was saying to this group of of readers, he was saying, listen, you should really be a lot farther along down the road in your faith at this point. You should be teachers of this stuff. You should be walking this out in your life. And my question to you is, is it evident that you know Jesus in everything that you do? Do people see the overflow of your life being that intimacy that you're cultivating with him? And again, this is not because I'm trying to be a jerk but I'm just challenging you because what I know is that God is so good and the more he has for you is what you've been longing for. And he is longing to give it to you, but it is your responsibility. So are you still on milk or are you maturing in your walk with the Lord and eating solid food? You know, since we started this series, series. Um, Ryan has been having us read through it. And, and he's also said we should be reading the gospels every day. And I've been thinking about that. And I don't know, I just thought, I wonder how many people are actually doing that. How many people are actually listening to that? Because Ryan's not up here just to say, I, you know, I'm telling you, you have to do this. And he doesn't really care why. He's just saying, this is what we're supposed to do. But Ryan knows the value of this. And his heart and our heart for every single one of you is that you would be meeting with the Lord and getting in the word and spending time with him every day and cultivating that intimate relationship with him because we've seen it in our own lives and we've seen it in so many lives around us and we know that it's available for you. And I don't want you missing out. I want you living in the more of God's goodness and the understanding of his heart for you. We are each responsible for where we are with the Lord. It doesn't land on someone else. This is your choice of what your relationship with the Lord looks like. And oftentimes I think that we can get really comfortable with where we are because it is work to cultivate a relationship with anyone, but it is work to cultivate cultivate a relationship with the Lord. But what we have to offer this world is a relationship with Jesus, that face-to-face relationship with the high priest that knows what we're walking through, that has done it himself. And so many people out there that we get to come across every single day have no idea of the goodness of God. They have no idea of this relationship with the Lord. But that comes from us walking it out in our own lives and cultivating that with him. So what does your relationship with him look like? Are you still on milk or are you eating solid foods? Are you just getting fed on Sunday mornings or are you cultivating a daily relationship with the Lord? Is your life impacting those around you? 
Or are you just walking through your day and letting life impact you instead? I think oftentimes we are and we don't even see it. So we're gonna move into Hebrews 6, just where we just left off. And it says this, so let's leave basic level of teaching about the Messiah and go on towards maturity. Let's not repeat the performance of laying a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, teaching about baptisms, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. We shall do this if God allows. See, the writer knows where these the people that are reading this letter are in their relationship with the Lord. And so he's calling them out because he loves them, but he's also calling them up. He's also calling them to who they are. And he's saying, you know the basics. Yes, we all know the basics. We have been taught them and we know them. But where are are you going deeper in your relationship with the Lord? It's an invitation. And I just really felt like the Lord was saying, let's start digging into the solid food and finding out more about the Lord. Let's start spending time with him and cultivating intimacy and getting in the word and actually understanding what the word says instead of what Ryan teaches us on Sunday. Not instead of, but just that's where we, I want you to understand what Ryan's saying, but... (laughs) But he can't be the only one speaking into your life. I can't be the only one speaking into your life. You have a responsibility to dig into the word and say, what does this say for me? God, what are you talking to me about? Every day he is waiting to spend time with you. And it's not a demand that he has on you. It is an invitation because he loves you so much. We need to start going after healing in areas of our lives that the Lord is revealing to us instead of running away from the pain. How often do we see pain and we run the other way? And the Lord's like, I'm in that pain. I wanna heal that pain. And I wanna grow deeper in my relationship with you. But we have to go do this together. Oftentimes we're those that are like, I don't like pain. Who likes pain? Not many of us like pain. Let's start moving out on the things that the Holy Spirit is talking to us about instead of just being those that are just learning. Let's start stepping out in faith and moving into this world and letting God call us into greater things. When we do this, when we cultivate a relationship with him, when we know the voice of the Holy Spirit because we have been spending time with him, then we start moving into those things that he's called us to do. And I'm telling you, when you do that, he meets you every time. And it's in those moments that marriages are restored and people are healed and people come to know Jesus. But if we're not doing that and we just get fed on Sundays or we listen to a podcast, but we're not taking that and going deeper in our relationship with the Lord, then people are missing out around us and we're missing out. There's so much more that we get to do and so much more that Jesus wants to reveal through our lives, but it's our choice. I was thinking about, um, we have Whole Hearts. It's a class that we've been doing. We've done it, I think, seven times. We're on our seventh one right now. It's our Living Waters University class. And for you know, all these seven classes, we've had you know, so many women come and be a part of this. And this time, there's something different that's going on. But what I noticed is that there's a lot of new women that have never taken the class that are in this class right now. 
But the small group leaders, these women are absolutely incredible. And I've been watching their lives for years. And I've been watching them as they have taken what they have learned and they said, God, what does that mean for me? And they start digging in and they start working in their relationship. And now these are women who, when I ask them to come and lead a small group and they're like, that's completely uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to do that. They're like, okay, yes, I'll do it. You know, they're stepping into those uncomfortable things. They're pressing past what the enemy wants to stop them at because they know God, they know his heart for them, they know his heart for the women that they get to minister to, and it's evident in the overflow of their life that they have been cultivating intimacy with him. It has been amazing what's been happening in these small groups because these women have been going after their relationship with the Lord. And that's not just for them, that's for every single one of us in this room. This is what we get to do as believers. For a few weeks now, I've been reminded of this story in Acts 3, and I'm just gonna paraphrase it for time's sake, but you know, there's um, the story, story of Peter and John, and they have already received the Holy Spirit. They have been walking, you know, they were the guys that were walking with Jesus. They knew Jesus. They were um, on daily walks with him. They spent time with him. They intimately knew who he was. And so there in Acts 3, it talks about them um, walking into the temple. They are headed to the temple. And this is probably a walk that they had done many, many times. But they were listening to the Holy Spirit. They had been cultivating that relationship. And this one day, they walked by this guy who gets propped up at the, the gate beautiful every day. He's been crippled his whole life. And these two guys, instead of walking by him, Holy Spirit's like, hey, look at him. And as they look, this guy's begging them for money. And what they say to him is, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And that wasn't just for that guy, right? Yes, that guy stood up and he walked. He was miraculously healed because of them stepping out and not just passing by him anymore. But what happened was that guy started going into the temple gates and he started praising and worshiping Jesus because he had been crippled his whole life and now he was healed. And I think, man, how many people do we get to walk by every single day? And when the Holy Spirit says something to us, are we taking that opportunity? And are we watching them encounter Jesus? And then is their story going out into this valley? Is it changing the lives around us? I think the enemy gets us so caught up in our own stuff that we just don't do that. And we're missing so many opportunities where like, God's like, I want that. I wanna meet that person. And I chose you to be the person that gets to go talk to them. Maybe it's a coworker that you sit next to every day and they don't even know you know Jesus. Why is that? What's going on? He called you there for that moment. He has something for those that you're walking around, walking with. So what does your life look like? Do you know the power and authority that you carry because you have the Holy Spirit deposited in you? Do you know the voice of God? And you move out in what he's saying. I think that there's always more and if we are not going after that more then we are ripping ourselves off, we're missing out. And the enemy's happy with that. 
but everyone around us is missing out as well. You know, I was reminded this morning as I was just hanging out with Jesus and I, I was reminded of being a kid and um, I would run out into the living room every morning when I would wake up because I knew that my dad was sitting on the couch and he was spending time with Jesus. My every day of my life, I knew this. And so I remember those mornings where I would run out and my dad would be in the word and he'd be writing stuff and he would just be spending that time with Jesus and I would get so excited to see my dad and he'd be like, you can lay here, you can be quiet, but I need, I'm spending time with Jesus. And I'd be like, okay. And me and him have talked about this, but I remember the day that I ran out there and he wasn't out there. And then I remember the next day and he wasn't out there. And I remember the next day. And for some reason, my dad stopped spending time with the Lord. He stopped cultivating that relationship with the Lord. And it was a few weeks later that I remember a knock on my door as I was getting ready for school. And he walked into my room with my mom and he let me know that they were getting a divorce. Because somewhere along the way, he stopped consulting with Jesus. And he admits this to this day. My dad loves Jesus right now, okay? My dad is a solid guy that is following Jesus with his whole heart. But there were things that happened in him in that time of not spending time with Jesus that he started looking at himself and how do I figure this out? And what do I do? And he started getting his needs met in other ways. And he stopped going to Jesus. And what happened was it affected our family. It affected me. And I, I always remember those moments of my dad spending time with Jesus so fondly. And it has challenged me in my walk. Because if I'm not spending time with Jesus, you might wanna get out of the way. Right, I am going to not be the greatest person out there. I'm gonna be living out of my own needs and my own issues and trying to get everything I can. But when we meet Jesus in the morning or whenever you meet him and you hang out with him all day long, something changes in you and it becomes evident in how you live your life with everyone around you. I'm gonna end with Hebrews 6, 9 through 12. It says, even though we speak in this way, my dear people, we are confident that there are better things to be said about you because things point to salvation, things that point to salvation. God is not unjust after all, and he'd have to be if he forgot your work and the love you showed for his name and all the service that you rendered and all are still rendering to his holy people. I want to encourage each one of you to show the same energetic enthusiasm for the task of bringing your hope to its full, assured goal. You mustn't become lazy. There are people who are inheriting the promises through faith and patience, and you should copy that. You know, when I moved to Medford, I was a mess. I was seriously a mess of a person. And yet Ryan and Kate still decided to bring me here and to put me into different positions of leadership where I was helping with our school. And I thought, I would never do that because <laughs> I knew the mess that I was. And yet they kept um, calling me to who they knew God said I was. They kept bringing me to that place and saying, this is who we know you to be. 
Maybe you're acting out here or maybe you're not handling this situation right, but we know what God says about you and this is who we're calling you to. And it took a while, it took a few years for me to actually understand what they were doing because I believed the worst about me and I didn't think I was even worth walking with them in ministry. But because of what they fought for in my life, I get to lead a church with them. And this is a different person up here because people believed the best about me instead of just looking at me for my circumstances and my reactions and saying, well, that's just as good as it's gonna get. They kept calling me to meet Jesus more. They kept sending me to him. What does he say? And they allowed me to build a relationship with the Lord that I had never had in however many years of my life that I had known Jesus. Even though the author was speaking so boldly and some hard things to these people, what he was saying is, I know there's better things to be said about you, meaning I know the best of who you are and I'm fighting for you in that. So no matter where you are in this journey, who God says you are is what we're believing for you and what we're calling out for you and saying, this is who God says you are. You're not your past mistakes. You're not the situation that you're living in right now. You're not the identity that you've been speaking over yourself over and over and over. We know who you are because God has shown us and we're fighting for you. And I would just challenge us today, if you're someone that you know people are walking with you and you're like, I'm not seeing them seek the Lord at all. I'm not seeing them change at all. It's always this, it's always that. I would challenge you to ask the Lord, what do you say about them? And start declaring that over them. Start partnering with the Lord and see God move in their life because God speaks a better word than what we see in front of us. And we get to partner with that and we get to say, I know that when you start cultivating a relationship with the Lord, everything will change. You wanna walk with me? You wanna do this? I can walk with you in this. We get to be those kinds of people and encourage those around us. He wants to meet you right where you are and take you deeper. You're not too far off. Wherever you are today, he's putting out an invitation in front of you and he's saying, hey, just come talk with me. And this doesn't just mean you have to get in the word every day. But if you're not reading the word of God, if you're not in the Bible, guys, I promise you it'll change your life. And if you ask, I, I seriously, about six weeks ago, I was like, Lord, I need wisdom. I need you to start teaching me more about what I'm reading in the word. Something has transformed in me as I've asked for that. And I'm telling you, if you ask the Lord, I don't understand the word. And he's like, okay, well, I will teach it to you. I promise you he will. But it's your responsibility of, are you gonna take that time with him? Are you gonna cultivate a relationship with him? It's an invitation and it's something that he's been desiring with each one of us. If you guys would stand with me, we're gonna close. I'm praying that this message did not come off as you're doing wrong. Because <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm not up here to judge anyone. I have to look at my own self and say, God, am I getting all that you have for me out of my relationship with you? And that's what we all get to do for ourselves. 
And so I hope that it's just challenging you and that something is sparking in you where um, there would just be a, an interest where you're like, I want more of God. All right, we're gonna pray. Jesus, we just thank you that you are the great high priest. We thank you that you want a face-to-face relationship with every single one of us. And Lord, where we may have put other things before you or where we may have just been okay with just the basics of I accepted you into my life, Lord, I pray that there would just be that stirring in our hearts that we would long for the more and that we would begin to seek you on our own and we would begin to build a deeper relationship with you that we've never had before. Jesus, you're so good. And the more that you have for every single one of us is greater than we can even imagine. And so Lord, I just pray for every single person listening to this message right now, that they would have a flame starting to ignite in them that would be so hungry for you, Jesus, and that there would be um, just this passion that they would start seeking you and that they would start seeing you move in their lives and they would know your voice and they would move out in what you're calling them to do and they would see the people around them changed. We don't wanna be just sitting back and good with where we are. So Jesus, we choose this day to accept your invitation and to go deeper. So I just bless you guys as you go about your week that you would start to cultivate that relationship with the Lord. And if you are cultivating that already, I pray for more, even more of what you have with him right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.